Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. District here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I am Maya, and with me tonight is Alicia and Jenny. Hello. Hi. Hi, girls. <laughs> that was weird. I'm sorry I did that. Um, how, was, how was your Tuesday night going? Long. Mm. True. We say this every single week. Our Tuesdays are long, but True. happy to be here like always. Yes. I wonder if there's ever be a Tuesday where I'm like, how's it going? And it's like, nothing happened at all, you know? Probably that not. will be the day that I will be like <laughs> rejoicing, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, my Tuesday actually hasn't been as packed as it normally is. Um, I don't know. This week, a lot of things were canceled for me. So I don't know what that blessing is, but I'm going to just take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about some news. Um, this first story that we're going to talk about, I feel like it needs to just be addressed. We're going to. Ready? Address the mouse in the room. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But you'll you'll know more why. Um, because there was a a parent, uh, an alleged um mouse in Morgan Hall, more in the dining food here at Temple University. Um, this is coming from the Temple News on February fifth, twenty nineteen. Sophomore journalism student Kaylee Politz posted a picture to her Snapchat story of what appeared to be a dead mouse in her food that she got from Morgan Dining Hall, and the picture went viral. Aramark, who um, does the food here at Temple, they claim that the mouse is actually a chicken wing. And the Philadelphia, Philadelphia inspected Morgan Dining Hall and found mouse droppings along the kitchen's hallway and underneath food equipment. An ex- inspection reports that the kitchen needs to be cleaned in problem areas. Uh, Morgan, De Hall, morning, Morgan Hall Dining is currently in violation of the Philadelphia Health Code. Code Airmark called the viral photo a hoax until Pulitz contacted Airmark and described the experience. Airmark said that, that because Pulitz did not immediately bring the food back to dining staff they have no way of truly verifying if it was a mouse or indeed a chicken wing philadelphia can order morgan dining hall to temporarily close if it thinks that the violations are serious enough to threaten public safety so there's a photo that we started debating about before we got on air and um because obviously we're all like was it a chicken wing was it a mouse i vote chicken wing I think it's a mouse. Like, <laughs> I, I would err on the side of caution and say that's a mouse. I like, probably wouldn't eat it regardless. Yeah. But I think it was a mouse. It I mean, looks it was like a way. tail. I feel like... It's tricky. You know, it's really hard to tell. That's why, like, one side is saying it's definitely a mouse. Other side is saying it's definitely a chicken wing. But, like, it really could be either. So I'm going with a mouse-chicken-wing hybrid, if that's that, okay. That's possible, <laughs> honestly. I mean, well, regardless if it was a chicken wing or a mouse... We there was still stuff found of mouse drop droppings and other unsanitary things. Yeah, definitely. So, regardless, some action needs to be taken. Yeah, yeah I I don't understand how, like, you know, for the people who do pay for, um, like a meal plan on campus, how does our, how does our <laughs> money go to like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I. 
I have not stepped foot in the dining hall this semester since that occurrence. And I probably won't for the rest of the semester solely because um, not only do we not know really if it was a chicken wing or a mouse, um, there are clearly telltale signs that the Morgan Dining Hall is not sanitary. Yeah. And that leads us to argue, okay, well, if the Morgan Dining Hall is not sanitary, how's the J&H Dining Hall? You yeah. could argue well, that the quality is about the same. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, I'm a junior now, but my freshman year, um, there was always the the little drink machine that's in the back of J&H. Um, that one always had flies in it. Every time I would oh. go get some orange or something, there was always mm-hmm. dead flies that would come with my drink. Um, so I'm not surprised, unfortunately, that there is probably some type of mouse situation. Um, wow. And also because we live in a city as well. So, like, that's there's certain true. precautions that you need to take living in a city environment. Um, I don't know. And that's also the other reason why I'm like, is this a mouse? Because, like, I've seen mouse, m- mice, m- mice. I've seen mice, okay? I'm from the city of New York. <laughs> that is a filthy place, okay? Yeah, yeah. I just don't think... I think even if it was a chicken wing, there Temple still needs to take action yeah. because this could cause some major outrage. God forbid someone actually ate mouse droppings or like feces or flies. Like that is so unsanitary, and I don't understand how the money that we pay towards meal like meal plans pay for that. Like of course they pay for salaries and other yeah. things like that, but the actual quality of the food how can it be that low mm-hmm. you know i agree and it's a pretty penny like to have a oh, meal it's plan it's expensive yeah so- and on top of that like i believe first year students who live on campus they're forced to have oh yeah a meal plan so it's like that option is taken away from you and then to learn that hey your food can be coming from these unsanitary conditions like that's really upsetting i would i mean i don't have a meal plan but i would personally want my money back if i were that girl mhm <laughs> Exactly me. Like I live in Morgan South. Love how I just said that on air. <laughs> um, I live in Morgan South, and you know I'm required thus to have a meal plan. And I'm worried of is my money going to waste now because I don't want to step foot and eat in a dining hall that is that unsanitary. So now I'm like I'm wasting like almost a thousand dollars, if not more, on food that could be coming from incredibly unsanitary places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, to put it into perspective, like, if you found out that, like, your favorite local pizza shop or restaurant had the same issue and you found out there was, like, health code violations and mouse droppings, like, would you still eat there? Because I personally wouldn't. So it shouldn't be different for at a university. The standards should be the same. Well, speaking of which, there was... um a little a little viral video about a mouse in event of a city view pizza place um i have no other further details except that <laughs> but i just wanted to throw that in there um but what what do you think should be taken to like fix the situation i think first off temple should temporarily close the dining hall until they can do a thorough investigation and inspection of every single area that contains food yes because there needs to be heavy sanitation yes. and there needs to be preventative measures so that these mice and rodents and like bugs and anything else might get into the food doesn't happen ever again yeah and jenny you brought up a good point earlier about the j and h dining hall so i'm assuming that both dining halls probably have the same sanitary conditions yeah. i was disappointed to hear that they also didn't ex inspect j and h i feel as if though they should inspect morgan and do that thorough search but they should do the same with j and h just because um something hasn't been found there it shouldn't take this you know viral picture to come out for 
you know, for these precautions to be put into place. Like this is a, a university and people are paying a lot of money to eat there. I also wonder like if there is at any point where this will fully be addressed, because like I said, this situation with the flies in my drink that happened two years ago, almost three years ago now. Um, oh, my God, it's been three years. Wow. <laughs> um, but anywho, um, that that's happened. And there's always been like the when I was a freshman, the joke was like, oh, haha jane h a little suspicious like you don't really know what's happening um so if for that joke to continue for several years and then uh alleged mouse in food you know it's like mm. i think that like if the city says that the morgan dining hall failed its inspection like the pets like the philadelphia health code they should be forced to close mm. because how can you still serve food if you're violating health code Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how Temple is not doing anything about it. And I don't understand how, you know, obviously it went viral within the Temple community. But I don't understand. I don't know if it's being addressed as forcefully as I think it needs to be. Like, I think this needs to be like a legitimate, like, outcry from the Temple community because that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. It definitely isn't. Um, so I hope Temple, <laughs> Temple, if you're listening as a whole, <laughs> do better. <laughs> Please do better. Get better food. Don't let mice in the food. Um, but anywho, speaking of things that are going wrong, um, <laughs> 16 states are suing President Donald Trump. <laughs> this is coming from BBC. A coalition of 16 U.S. states led by California are is suing President Donald Trump's administration over his decision to declare an emergency to raise fund for a Mexican border wall. The lawsuit filed on Monday seeks to stop Mr. Trump acting on his emergency declaration to build a wall, saying that the president does not have the power to divert funds approved by Congress to pay for this project. Trump made the declaration on Friday to bypass Congress after it refused to approve the $5.7 billion for the wall. The announcement came after he signed a spending bill to avoid another government shutdown that granted him $1.375 billion for new border barriers. So I think this is a little bit like it's I think initially it's kind of like funny, like, oh, they're suing whatever. But I think there's also a large undertone of like this is kind of scary when you truthfully think about like how divided we're becoming amongst within ourselves, you know, um, and how that could potentially lead to a lot of bad stuff. That's what I think about initially. Yeah. I mean, what I think about is like we've heard a lot of people say like um, President Trump is going to get impeached, this and that. And now President Trump is going to get sued. I want to know, is this going to stick? Do you think it's going to stick? Or do you think, as we've seen kind of time and time again, that kind of Trump is above the law and he's been able to scrum his way past these um, different lawsuits? You know, I hope this does stick for several reasons. Number one, I don't think anybody should be above the law, especially the president. You know, we saw that with Nixon, with Watergate. No one is above the law, including the president. Um, And also, you know, it sets a precedent for future presidents to say, "Okay, well, I didn't get my way the first time. So if I just declare a national emergency, I'll divert funds from I'll divert funds from things that actually need it, like life saving medical, you know, equipment and like money to something that just helps my agenda. Mm-hmm. So I think this sets a precedent of saying, okay, well, there needs to be checks and balances on how much you actually can do as president. No, absolutely. And I think it also, um, I mean, this is something that we spoke about in the the crackdown, which you should all watch on YouTube, um, <laughs> WHIP's crackdown. Um, but something that we spoke about, about this idea of like, you know, even if uh, a president has a good intentions of using 
whatever power they want to, I don't know, gun control or health care or whatever, um, there's still there's still a process to do so and there's still checks and balances for a reason. Um, and whether you agree with it or not, it's still just like that's kind of the order of things. So that way one area of government doesn't overtake another. And so there's some type of like cohesiveness, you know. Um, so this is something that is very scary because it's it's again setting that precedent that you can just if you truly want to do this you can just do it and forget everybody else um and then going back to my original point about it making it super divisive i think that i've heard i've heard people like jokingly say like oh like this could be another civil war no. and stuff like that and to me i'm like haha that's not funny like that's like petrifying no to me. that's scary um but it's but I don't think that it's a crazy claim to think because of the fact that we've become so divisive within our own country. Um, and just specifically with this topic of border security and this wall, there's a lot of, you know, extreme conversations happening um, and no compromise. And um, I think we're seeing that largely from the Trump administration because, like, look at he, he just said, <laughs> forget Congress. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit scared as to see, like, what the the updates will of this be hopefully everything will change around but honestly don't know (laughs) yeah i think it's going to be really interesting to see in the future um even this case with the 16 states states suing if this if this is going to go up all the way to to the supreme court um and i don't know personally which side um it's going to go on because we just don't know yet but i think it's i think whatever happens with the whole border like funding for the border wall is really gonna um whatever the outcome is it's no matter what it's gonna divide Mm -hmm. even more yeah i think it's already set like uh that that's already the tone that's already happening yeah it's like we have the wall hasn't even been built yet and yet we're all like fighting you know um so i i agree it's like if it gets built bad if it doesn't get built still bad like you know there's there's still negative repercussions there's so many points of contention right now between our political parties that i I think you're right no matter what uh, you know decision is made there's still going to be so much like outcry and negativity going on well, um, with that said, with that <laughs> unfortunate uh, ending, we're going to go to our first commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about some politics, some potential um, candidacy in 2020. So stay tuned and enjoy this break. From WHIP News, I'm Haley Quillen Knox. Today is Tuesday, February 19th, and this is your WHIP News Update. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has just announced that he will be running for president in the 2020 elections. Mr. Sanders issued an email to supporters this morning in which he continued to push his progressive agenda that was popularized in the Democratic Party during his run in 2016. According to the New York Times, his statement cited policies such as those on tuition-free public college, minimum wage, and climate change, which he praised American liberals for continuing to support under current President Donald Trump. As of yet, Mr. Sanders has not announced where he will begin his campaign or any of his staffing decisions, but his senior advisors have been working hard in the past few weeks to formulate a more successful and diverse team than in 2016. Former Philadelphia homicide detective, 52-year-old Philip Nordo, was arrested today after being accused of intimidating and sexually assaulting witnesses during criminal investigations. The Philadelphia Inquirer states that the charges included multiple counts of rape as well as sexual assault, and that the allegations 
allegations could endanger many homicide convictions that Nordo had a role in securing. This includes the arrest of Brandon Mead for the murder of a Temple University student in 2016. Nordo is scheduled to be arraigned this afternoon, but the spokesman for District Attorney Larry Krasner declined any further comment. From WHIP News, I'm Haley Quillen-Knox, and this has been your WHIP News Update. WHIP Philadelphia, online at whipradiotu.com and on your mobile device with iHeartRadio. And we are back here on the district on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station, Maya, Jesse, not Jesse, Jenny, (laughs) Alicia. I think I combined your names. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But we're back talking about some news. Um, And... As I promised in our first talk break, we're going to be talking about the 2020 presidential race. So this is coming from the New York Times and Democratic Senator of Vermont, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders and 2016 Democratic primary run up has announced Tuesday that he will run for president again in 2020 presidential election. A self-proclaimed Democrat socialist, Sanders promotes Medicare for all and a $15 national minimum wage and tuition free public colleges. Bernie was defeated for the Democratic presidential nominee by Hillary Clinton and the 2018 midterm victories by progressive Democrats suggest that many in the Democratic Party are looking for a fresh candidate to defeat Donald Trump in 2020. Bernie is now running against younger Democrats like Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. Some within the Democratic Party say that Bernie does not accurately represent the new agenda within the party. Any initial thoughts when hearing this? Surprise. Surprise. I I did not think he was going to run again, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. I think 2016 was a big upset all around for the Democratic Party mm-hmm. that I'm surprised he kind of rose from the ashes of defeat <laughs> to to try again. <laughs> but I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have a lot of good candidates for the Democratic um, nominee. So it's going to be very interesting to follow all of it because all everyone's policies within the Democratic Party are relatively the same. Of course, you have Bernie like on one end being very, you know, as he calls himself a democratic socialist. And then you have the more moderates, of course. But I think all in all, it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't see the Democratic Party endorsing him, though. No. So, because I feel like there are so many strong candidates, like you said, Jenny. I mean, I would like to see him. I know there's a lot of young people, though, um, that really liked him in 2016, but they weren't able to vote yet because they were, you know, like 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's also going to be interesting to see what this new demographic, which is like our age, like me and Jenny, that are freshmen now, to see if that's going to have like a big impact on this election as well. Yeah. I think it's also interesting. Well, I, I agree. I think I didn't necessarily expect this to happen. Um, but I think that Bernie Sanders has always had a very like clear political like he's very been very open and honest about like what it is that he wants and, and will fight for. Um, and I think he wasn't able to get that opportunity in 2016. So, you know, as long as he's kicking it, he's going to keep <laughs> on doing it. Um, but I do think, though, there are some concerns of mine, like in terms of will he actually win? Unfortunately, I don't really know. Um, I wish like in the ideal world, like, yeah, like by all means, like I'm here (laughs) for I'm here for you. I'm here for your policies. Like, you know, Um, but I do think that one, our political climate and like social climate and stuff has has become, I don't know, not very good. Um, And I think that 
Bernie's ideas are very extreme. Um, so to go from like one extreme to another, I think is, it'll be very difficult to do so. Um, and then also with President Donald Trump, you know, running again, um, I think that that's also like, like again, like just two very different extremes. Um, and I don't know if that necessarily work out. I yeah. don't. I think if he, if he does somehow end up getting the Democratic nominee for you know the presidential election, I as much as I wish I I if that scenario plays out, I hope he would win. But in all reality, I really don't think he could compete with the powerhouse that Donald Trump has backing him. Mm. Like he has so much of you know, white America backing him. And that is such a huge population of our country that I just don't think that Bernie could hold up. Absolutely. And I think even addressing the fact of like, you know, white America or whatever, the people who have who have felt empowered um, by Trump's initial run in 2016 and what he's done since then, and they felt very empowered to think certain things and do certain things that are very like, from like the 19 like the mm-hmm. 16th century mm-hmm. um i think that's what i'm talking about like that extreme like how do you go from someone who yeah. expresses like white supremacy to then like oh bernie sanders like, socialism. socialist yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's like kind of a weird extreme that yeah I'm like, huh you know um i I, I guess again like in the ideal world i'm like yeah but i, I think we have to be right aware of reality and then i also think that bernie running for 2020 brings up the new question for Democrats and voters, when voting in the primaries, are you voting for the best um, Democratic candidate by your ideals or should you vote for the Democratic candidate you think can beat Trump? Mm-hmm. I think yes. that that will also be a point of contention is like, yeah, I would like to vote for Bernie because I like him. But I don't think, like you said, Jenny, he'd he'd be able to beat Trump. So I'd probably vote for someone else just for that reason. Mm-hmm. I yeah, That's actually a really good point because I think it's like you kind of have to put like maybe your personal views aside for a second and just yeah. kind of think like the, the most strategic, you know, move. Um, not saying, you know, that you wouldn't vote for someone who, bel- who you share values with. Um, but. I do think that you have to consider all facets of it and not just the values. It's interesting with a lot of swing voters, um, at least, you know, when when the president, when the 2016 election came around, a lot of swing voters that, you know, are more independent, they, the ones that didn't like Donald Trump or Hillary, they were like, okay, well, which candidate is going to help me defeat the other one more? Does that make sense? So, like, when, when 2016 came around, a lot of people... A lot of young people rallied around Bernie, but also a lot of young people were recognizing the fact that, okay, if Bernie wins the the nominee for the Democratic Party, can he go up against Trump? And a lot of people at that time said no. That's why they voted for Hillary, even though they probably didn't necessarily like a lot of her policies. They're like, Mm -hmm. who can who can we choose? That will be the best matchup against Trump. So and and with however many. um, Uh candidates running for the nominee for the democratic party there's like a lot yeah and they all range in age and ethnicity and race and religion everything like that so i think it's gonna be very interesting and it also splits it makes the the percentage of how many people vote for each one smaller Mm -hmm. you know because 
last year or in 2016, the pool really was just Hillary versus Bernie. Now yeah. you split that pool to like 10 other candidates. So it just makes everything a lot more contentious. Yeah. I think that there's like a blessing and curse in that because like, yeah, we have like a lot more options and hopefully a lot more um I don't want to say valuable people, but people that, like, you know, we feel confident that, like, oh, yeah. if this person doesn't get it, then this person can get it. Um, but that does, I guess, mathematically, it might not work in our favor. Um, yeah. I think it's also important to remember that even if you like Bernie's policies, like, realistically, will he be able to implement mm-hmm. them unless mm-hmm. the our Congress changes to be drastically democratic i really don't think so i think we're just going to be seeing more gridlock in our government like we're seeing now and more polarization because like you said maya we're just going from one extreme to another Mm -hmm. absolutely i think just thinking like right how i just said medicare for all minimum wage increasing and tuition free public colleges again in the ideal world i'm here for it let's all live our best lives um but the ways in which to do so i i think that like you said, we're at such a high tension right now um, that I don't think, unfortunately, I, I, I don't think that's possible. Um, or at least it might not even it might not be possible in the four years that he'll be president, you know. Um, and then also another factor, which I know is a lot of people's number one argument is his age. Yeah. Um, <sighs> which is valid. You know, he's an older, older man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't I can't speak for experience, of course, <laughs> but I can only imagine how stressful being the president of the United States is, yeah. you know, we saw it in Obama. He he got stressed <laughs> by the end of it. He grayed. Yeah, he <laughs> aged. I mean, granted, it was eight years, but yeah. <laughs> it was it was it took a toll. And I, how old is Bernie? Seventy six. I yeah. think. Yeah. So he's getting up there in age. And if he does get re- if he does get elected for the presidency, that's going to be a very tough four years he's 77 he's turning 77 77. he's gonna turn 78 this year wow i i don't think you know god forbid i don't think that he would be able to make it out (laughs) healthily but donald trump is 72 yeah but like we're saying how the presidency is so stressful donald trump has said that like he loves doing it. Like he he finds it fun. Like I've I'm pretty sure I've heard an interview because where he, he says makes it that. Into a joke. <laughs> that makes me like. Cringe. I mean, to be honest, so that's, that's my thing. Is the president, the position being the president, should be such a stressful position because oh my god, you're the leader of the free world. But it's funny to see Donald Trump saying like it's fun. This is a blast for me. I enjoy this. I want to do it again. Well, he also did serve um, McDonald's too. Clemson football when they won the championship. <laughs> so clearly, he's having a blast. You know, it's all fun yeah. and games. <laughs> yeah. All right, I mean, 2020, we'll see what you bring us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see like what unfolds cuz we need something. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We need to jazz we, it up. We we need a f- yeah. Yeah. We need something. <laughs> we need something. Um but we'll see and obviously we'll always keep you updated here on the district. Um in other news here at not Temple. This is Philly. Um, <laughs> there will be snow tomorrow, um, which is super exciting because we all just got informed that there will not be classes tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Jenny's very excited. I'm so happy. Like, this is the one time where I'm, like, thanking Temple because last week, I think, they gave us that, like, two-hour delay or, yeah. like, all class after 10 a.m. And for me, it was useless. <laughs> I still had a two-hour stack class mm-hmm. that I had to um, sit through <laughs> when it was 
slushy and cold and sleeting Mm -hmm. and they didn't salt very well Mm -mm. so i'm very grateful for the snow day um anyone have plans um (laughs) me not particular oh no i do i need to clean my room oh like yes it is such a mess in there i need to do laundry so bad oh yeah yeah. i agree with that i think that's what i'm gonna do because i just i Honestly, I just really don't have a lot of time. Like, by the time I get home, I'm like, okay, eat and sleep. Like, that's sleep, all I have time for. Yeah. Same. Um, so, I have a day to, like, just chill and, like, you know, listen to music. Mm-hmm. Ew, my, did my voice just crack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're overcome by emotion. I am. I'm yes, really excited. I'm just very happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. I was surprised because I was really banking on Temple not giving us off at all mm-hmm. i was like well we're just gonna have to suffer through it <laughs> but mm-hmm. i yeah i'm really surprised but i'll take it i'm not complaining whatsoever what do you think the repercussions are going to be on thursday though because usually the Terrible. roads and stuff yeah i don't know like to me that's worse so i commute and that's why like i'm really glad that temple canceled because for a lot of students it's not fair like sometimes it's just not safe to like drive or like mm-hmm. be standing out there waiting for buses and trains but still considering thursday i'm pretty sure the aftermath will still be bad but i i highly doubt temple will cancel classes two days in a row yeah no i mean listen i think it was barely canceled tomorrow so <laughs> yeah. i i don't think we're gonna have off on thursday um i just really hope they salt because last yes. time the, it snowed i almost broke my arm mm-hmm. like yeah it was it's dangerous out there and if temple's not careful they're gonna get a lawsuit because mm-hmm. someone's gonna break something you know this weekend um i was i was acting in a student film and when i was arriving to set um we were at a house and there was like a little piece of ice on the ground and i was the first one to arrive so i slipped and i <gasps> fell oh. and my glasses went into the concrete they didn't crack thankfully Ooh. those glasses oh, i swear are like God. industrial because i've they've been through a lot um but like my glasses fell my phone fell my shoes got scuffed and then i broke my nail and oh, then that's yeah battle scars <laughs> but what sucked though was because i went inside and i like no- nothing happened like no one saw me i, I just dusted it <laughs> off and then another guy who was he was acting with me he came behind me and he fell and then he told everyone and everyone was like oh my god i'm so sorry and i was like i fell too <laughs> and then, yeah but no one like, knew uh, <laughs> i too fell last week <laughs> did you also fall i did it was very embarrassing <laughs> did anyone see you yes a oh. lot of people oh, <laughs> they no. just stared and kept walking but it's okay well she's here now i'm here now yes there you um go. you know what you know what i'm thinking as the conspiracy theorist i am Ooh, what if temple has given us this snow day to distract from the big mice fiasco maybe the they're shutting hall. it down so and, they can do an inspection oh maybe but i'm thinking they want like positive energy amongst the students because we're so <laughs> grateful earlier we were saying temple do better now we're saying temple god bless this you listen true. they're gonna need so, to I don't do better know. than one day off wow. to to get you know good praises for... this is true i need like <laughs> i need five years to recover from what i need I've like a two-week spring break <laughs> or an early true. summer <laughs> all right my theory is probably off but you know i thought i'd throw it out there i don't know i'm not i'm not opposed to it anywho we have to go to our second commercial break but stay tuned for more news and enjoy this break and welcome back to the district here on whip philly's number one college radio station i am maya and i have alicia and jenny with me here tonight and we're getting back into some news so this is a pretty 
hot topic that's happening right now, and this is coming specifically from CNN, but probably heard everywhere. And this is about Jesse Smollett um, and the attack that he endured, um, which is now being questioned if it was legitimate, if he was involved in it, etc. Um, this particular story, however, addresses Jesse's siblings who have kind of spoken about the incident and how they kind of blame media involved with this whole portrayal of it. So as questions mount over the Empire stars, Jesse Smollett's report to police last month that he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. Two of the attacker siblings have have taken two of the actor siblings, not the attacker, the actor <laughs> siblings have taken aim at the media. Two law enforcement sources with knowledge of the investigation have told CNN that Chicago police believe Smollett paid two men to orchestrate the alleged assault. But in a statement from his attorney issued Saturday, Smollett denied playing a role in the attack. Journey Smollett Bell, who um, is his sister, and then Jockey Smollett posted a quote attributed to Malcolm X on Instagram saying, quote, this is the media, the irresponsible media. It will make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. He told authorities um, who were he told authorities that two men were, quote, yelling out racial and homophobic slurs um, and they assaulted him on January 29th. And he said that one attacker put a rope around his neck and poured an unknown chemical substance on him. So um, I think there's a lot to kind of speak about with this with this particular topic. Um, One, do you think what do you think about this idea of like blaming media? I think um, at first you might think it's an easy cop out because everyone seems to always blame the media. You know, the media is a bad guy. And with Trump's rhetoric of the media is the enemy of the people. But when you look deeper into it, I don't think they're entirely wrong, even as um, future members of the media, you know, as journalism students, um, I I'm not that unhappy with the statement because if you look at other instances like chris watts where he murdered his wife and two little children you know they used his family portrait instead of his mugshot Mm -hmm. his family portrait where he's smiling with his kids that he later murdered Mm -hmm. and then with the brock turner who um got three months for raping a girl that went to he went to stanford i'm pretty sure they used his swimming picture instead of his mugshot and I was I was also thinking about um, I don't know which school which mass shooting unfortunately but um Parkland, no it wasn't Parkland um because it was it was a little it was a little further back but Sandy Hook, I don't know maybe the fact that there's so many no, but none the, I know I anyway, know anyway continue so with what it was but, but nonetheless um the shooter he was on the cover of Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people are like, why would you put a shooter on the cover of, of a Rolling Stone magazine? Like people say that as like an accolade, like, oh, I've been on the cover of Rolling Stone. And yeah. then you're going to put someone who killed a whole bunch of people. Um, I think it was Parkland, actually. But nonetheless, uh, my point is, I interrupted you, but just to your point of like the way that we look at people um, or how they're portrayed. Yeah. And that also shows in police brutality, you know, with a lot of the unfortunate events that happened with white police officers hurting or killing in some instances black unarmed members of different communities in the country a lot of their a lot of pictures that some of the media uses are just pictures of the cops of the police officers in everyday you know instances not their mugshot Mm -hmm. and i just think it points to a larger picture of the media i the media using the victims as um 
like the I don't know I don't know how to put it, but I I think that you know Smollett Smollett is that his? Sm- I think it's Smollett. Smollett. Smollett yeah. Okay. I think Smollett's siblings are on the right track, but I think it's unfortunate because as a future person in the media, I would hope that more people had the outlook of hope for the media to do the right thing instead of painting this negative picture of what the media, you know, because everyone says, oh, the media is terrible, you know? So I would hope more people in the future have more higher regard for what journalists and media people do. Put out there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... You know, I definitely feel for his siblings, I mean, to hear that this happened to your family member and then, you know, to read articles and hear shows and interviews where people approach um, Smollett with so much skepticism and not believing him. So I understand their pain. But then just to play devil's advocate, it it is also the role of journalists and media professionals seek out the truth. We can't state something as Mm -hmm. fact unless, you know, it's deemed fact. And so unfortunately, it has to be chronicled as an alleged situation an alleged attack because we don't have um substantial proof that being said i do think he um he was attacked just because i i find it so hard to believe that someone would pay um money for attention when this is such a traumatic experience but i don't think the media is entirely to blame I mean, yes, for some because just getting views, but others because they're doing their job and seeking the ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. I think also um, specifically when looking um, at like the words that they use in terms of um, it makes the criminal look like the victim and then the victim look like the criminal. I think this also kind of has a conversation around how we view survivors um and survivors of different of different things um whether that be sexual assault or a shooting or you know an attack like this um because even with the parkland shooting there was a lot of people that were like you know they're stage actors they're this this and that um and i think that's a very interesting it's a very interesting narrative like why do we immediately go to like you know "Mm, i don't know about that you know why why is there not why the level in which we believe people is so low like that bar is so low and it takes so much for people to believe people um and i think also this also just speaks to the larger issue of i think media because a lot of people tend to just go immediately like react you know um without having the entirety of the facts and like alicia said pe- people who are in media who are in journalism um the whole core is to get the entirety of the story to get the facts and to get all of the information um but i think some of the times we tend to not do that a lot we just look at the headlines we look at maybe what our peers are thinking Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and we immediately react to that um and i think i'm at fault with that as well but um i think it's important though to know all everything yeah that's true i also think it's really interesting because the police officers they told cnn they believe that um he paid the two attackers but we didn't get any more information at least i didn't see any on that article and i haven't seen any updates on how they came to that conclusion so we have that statement but we also you know don't have any facts backing that up so we also have to be skeptical about that and you know consider that statement as an alleged statement at the end of the day yes this is true sorry i just had like a little sneezing attack over here (laughs) no problem Um, but no I, I definitely agree. And I think that's also what's also makes it weird is because we I I think it's 
there's definitely a line in which it's like how much information are we allowed to know um because you know this is public record where people learning about these stories and stuff like that but we're also sometimes not told the entirety of things um but then sometimes that might be for a reason so i think there's that little blurred line there of like who's allowed to know what and to what extent um and i think that kind of has another larger topic as well i think it's interesting also because everyone no matter who you are everyone has an opinion Mm -hmm. you know and opinions are opinions and they're not fact clearly but even if you just read these articles at first glance you're immediately going to get a first impression and an opinion and i think that's a problem for a lot of people because like maya you brought up earlier how people try to discredit people like survivors i think a lot of it is that people don't want to imagine these terrible things actually happening Mm -hmm. because if whatever happened to jesse is very true we don't want to imagine that happening to anyone ever you know that's Mm -hmm. terrible for him to um have a rope around his neck and have racial and homophobic slurs yelled at him nobody wants to imagine that especially for you know if you have someone of the LGBT community that you know or identify as a minority of any type, you don't want to think about that happening to someone that you know, let alone a celebrity that is a high-profile celebrity. Yeah. So that also that also begs the question of, well, is how much publicity is just for publicity? Because immediately as soon as this story came out, it was like a national, national story. Um, but do I think this is a do I think this story is one hundred percent true? I I would like to say yes, because to be honest with you, rationally, why would somebody make this story up? Mm-hmm. Like, why would he, like Elisa, you mentioned, mm-hmm. why would he pay money to have a rope put around his neck and be yelled at or racial and homophobic slurs? Like, what do you get out of that other than publicity? I was, see, I was thinking about this and I'm like, what would be the potential, like, motivation to do so? And the only thing that I can think of is because... You know, if you look into the what the attacker said and stuff, they apparently also said like MAGA country and mm. stuff like that. Um, so I think maybe if Jesse did pay people to do that to him, maybe it was to speak on the fact of like, look at what our country has come to that something people, like this could happen. Yeah, yeah um, that something like this could happen. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't know him personally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But I. I also feel like the irony in that is, you know, he he allegedly, let's say, he paid these people to bring attention to um, how, you know, marginalized groups of people are being attacked today because of our political climate. I think it's ironic because I also feel as if though his identities played a part in the skepticism being um, yes. a gay black man. Mm-hmm that obviously is gonna make people question him more we've seen this time and time again where you guys brought up like how criminals were revered in the media a lot of times it's only white males but Mm -hmm. you know like if he's black and he's gay so he's automatically um the the things he say is not always counted as truth he's automatically wrong. he's automatically wrong so i think we also have to account for that is i feel like if this was a stunt in the back of his mind he would know that there would be skepticism because of his identities, because of the climate we are in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I was just trying to think. I'm like, why would he do it? But I, I like you said, no, no, to yeah, all that's, your points, that's a valid argument. Yeah. yeah, but to all your points, though, it doesn't really make sense as to why he would. Um, and I think the 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 percentage lies largely with like it happened, and it's a very unfortunate thing that happened, you know. Um, but I think going back to your point of like how his identity probably played in the the media's portrayal, which I think goes back to the larger topic of like is the media to blame um even thinking about the case that happened i don't know the specific names but it was in I believe texas where there was the the white female officer who went into dallas yes who went into the a black man's apartment and mm-hmm. shot and killed him because she allegedly thought it was her apartment and thought he was an intruder mm-hmm. that whole narrative around that situation it was like immediately um, there was stories about like, well, he had marijuana in his house, yeah. and I was like, huh? Like, like this not relevant. Now, yeah, this no. man was just killed in his own home, mm-hmm. and you're gonna just say like, oh, he had marijuana in his house, and I'm like, but why is that though? Is that because he was a black man? Finding anything you yeah. can to discredit him. Yeah, exactly. Or or try to justify what, what she happened. had done. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know that again speaks to a larger picture of how we portray different people because again, even going back to this, the uh, um school shootings um those are typically done by white males and there's typically a, always a conversation around mental health which is short that's that's valid i'm not trying to take that away but i guarantee you if a person of color had been involved in a mass shooting mass shootings would not exist absolutely anymore. you know yeah. i 110 percent agree yeah like the Definitely. narrative of mer- of mental health would be probably there like probably like 20 percent but like a large issue be like guns and then people need to not have them and, and then race yeah yeah you know yeah exactly well um we do have to get off the air soon <laughs> um <laughs> i hate to end on that note um but thank you for tuning in um if you enjoy this we'll be back well i won't be back well n- n- we'll be back next tuesday from seven to eight but there will also be another um news show from four to five tomorrow and um this weekend we'll also have the crackdown coming out which um oh we also have a there was a topic that we didn't get to which yes. was about um wendy's there's a protest temple students are protesting wendy's for something that's you know you should probably know about um uh, if you want to learn more about that because we didn't have time to get to it today it is on um whip radio um and we also have a ton of articles and you know you can also listen to this again because that'll be up there it's recorded so we have a ton of stuff find it and look it up just look up whip radio don't look up whip because that's a that's a object um (laughs) anywho (laughs) goodbye good night and thanks for tuning in bye